Anybody see my wife? Oh, there she is. Hi, baby. Uh, Good morning. We're honored to uh, be talking to you today. And um, if you know anything about my story, you know uh, there was a lot of chaos early in our marriage from some of the, my decisions I made in life. So we thought, uh, how, how cool would it be if we were able to talk about peace in chaos? So that's what we're going to do today. You know, peace is a popular word. A variety of people use it in, in various ways. One everyday use is to represent the absence of war or conflict. For example, when warring, warring countries sign a treaty and are at peace, or when quarreling friends make up and they're at peace with each other. Peace also refers to rest. The Webster Dictionary defines peace as a state of tranquility or quiet, while the Oxford Dictionary defines it as the state of being calm or quiet, such as when describing a place as peaceful or saying when your mind is at peace. I always picture Hawaii when I think of peace. I've never been there, but I always think <laughs> Hawaii's got to be peaceful. However, <clears throat> peace in the Bible is, is a bit different. Biblical peace is more than just the absence of conflict or a state of rest. It means completeness or wholeness, and it points to the presence of something else. The peace of God is different from the peace of the world. Let me repeat that. The peace of God is different from the peace of the world. Biblical peace is more than just the absence of conflict. It's taking action to restore a broken situation. It's more than a state of inner tranquility. It's a state of wholeness and completeness. Biblical peace is not something we can create on our own. It's a fruit of the Spirit. God is the source of peace, and one of his names is Yahweh Shalom. You can find that in Judges 6.24. It means the Lord is peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. You can find that in Isaiah 9, 6. And he gives us peace in three different ways. One, peace with God. Two, peace with others. And three, peace with ourselves. You know, as I struggled through my addictions and that chaos that it was, I would later learn of Danielle's peace through our experience. Just another reason I believe I was so drawn to Jesus through Danielle. I've asked her to share some of that with you today. So do you remember the story uh, about the disciples being in a boat in the middle of the sea when the storm began raging? They were afraid the boat was going to capsize and they would all drown. They woke Jesus from sleep and they asked him, didn't he care if they drowned? That's where me and my family were. We were on a boat in the middle of the sea while a storm was raging. I cried out to God and I asked him if he cared. I asked him if he was gonna let my family drown. Um, I was actively praying 
and studying and surrounding myself with women of God who spoke truth into my life. And during that time, God brought peace to me in several different ways. But there was one particular time when I had to make a really difficult decision uh, for me and for my kids. And I felt like this decision was just abandoning Mark in his greatest time of need. And so I prayed to God, and he brought me this dream. Now, I don't know about you when you have dreams, but when I have dreams, I, I usually don't remember them. You know, I'll remember kind of what they made me feel like, or I'll mem remember maybe bits and pieces of them. But this dream was very different. This was a dream that I remembered every detail very vividly. And I didn't have it just once. I had it multiple times. Um, so in this dream, it was a setting where I was standing on a beach in front of a lake. And out in the middle of the lake, Mark was drowning. And he was yelling for help. And there was no one else around. It was me and my three kids on the beach. And I looked around and I, I wasn't sure what I was gonna do and I knew that he needed help. And so I turned and I looked at my kids and at this time, my kids had three children all under the age of five. <laughs> um, so I turned around and I said, you've gotta stay right here. I said, daddy needs help and I'm, I'm the only one right now who can go help him. And so I turned and I started walking in to the water to go help Mark and I turned back around and my kids were following me they were getting into the water and so I turned back around and I put them back on the beach and I said look you have to stay here you can't follow me it's not safe for you to go where, where I'm going um, and and I did this this happened multiple times and I kept turning around and they kept following me and eventually I I didn't know what to do I just I stood there and I turned back and looked at Mark and I noticed something for the first time that I hadn't noticed the whole time that I had looked out there. And there was this cliff that was out over above Mark. And on this cliff, there was a man standing there with a life preserver. There was no way Mark was going to use that cliff to get back up out of the water and to save himself. But I could tell that all he needed to do was look up. And there was somebody there to save him. And so God used this dream to remind me that it wasn't me. I wasn't going to be the one that saved him. Uh, Mark was being, wasn't being abandoned. He just needed to look up to see that God was right there with a the life preserver. And much like Jesus calmed the sea for those disciples, he calmed the storm inside of me. We want to share some attributes of biblical peace with you. You know, the Bible has a lot to say about peace. It appears 329 times in the Bible. The highest occurrence of 30 in the book of Isaiah. And here are just a, a few of the attributes. Number one, peace is a fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You can only get this kind of peace through the Holy Spirit. We'll touch more on that in a minute. Number two, we must seek peace and make peace. 1 Peter 3.11 says, Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. You must obey the word of God. Turn from your sin. Look to make peace not cause strife or division. 
Number three, peace brings joy. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. As Jim Bob just preached on it, Matthew 5, 9. You need some joy in your life? Be a peacemaker. Number four, peace comes from God. Peace I leave you, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. That's in John 14, 27. Remember, the peace of God is different than the peace of the world. Number five, God gives us peace in trouble. This is going to be a hard one for some of you. Let me say it again. God gives us peace in trouble. John 16, 33. Listen. Listen to this. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Notice that the verse says, we will have trouble. Don't say you might, could be. It says we will have trouble. But even so, peace can be found in the middle of your chaos. Even in the middle of your spouse's addiction, even in the sickness of your loved one, even in the rebellion of your children, even in the marriage that is crumbling, the finances that are lacking, the health that's failing, the world who's lost its mind, the hurt you're feeling, or just the everyday ho-hum of life. Peace can be found. Read it again, John 16, 33. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So it's great to know what peace is and where it comes from, but, but how do we find it? I want to read with you Romans chapter 8, verses 5 and 6. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the Spirit is life and peace. So how do we find peace? We set our mind on the things of the Spirit. So as we be, begin um, 2023, I want to share a few ways that have helped me in setting my mind on the Spirit. The first one is prayer. Um, I personally like to start my day in prayer. Sometimes, if I'm being quite honest, I get five to ten minutes uh, before other things take over. Um, but at least before my heat, feet hit the floor, I want to invite the Holy Spirit to, to help me and, and be with me throughout my day. There's a prayer that I have pasted on my bathroom mirror that I see every morning, and that's the scripture, Colossians 1, 9 and 10. And it's just a way for me to be able to look and pray, not only for my own knowledge that God would grow the, his knowledge in me, but also for my church family and for my, my family and my friends. The second thing is positive input. Listen to uplifting music. Listen to podcasts. Listen to other people's teach about God. 
what are you filling your mind with? Is it wholesome things, things that encourage you or take and take your mind off of yourself? That's what I find, that if I will keep throughout my day something in front of me that I can listen to and fill my mind with positive things, it helps. Third, let's perceive wisdom. We want to listen to and read God's word. This is how God speaks to us. He left his word here along with his spirit, which is the best interpreter of his word. If we're not reading his word, he tells us we're not going to know him. We're not going to know how to treat each situation that comes along. So perceive wisdom through his word. And then lastly, plan for battle. (laughs) It's like that verse said, we're going to have troubles. Are you going to be ready when they come? Memorize scripture. Um, Psalm 119.11 says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. And Moses and Joshua both reflect on this and and teach the children of God that they were leading to keep his word on their heart to always have it present to meditate on it to dwell on it not just in the morning but also at night and during the day as they're walking throughout their life teach it to their children put it on their doorposts he's they're very clear that the word of God needs to be in front of us all the time so putting that word on your heart is very important Uh, The word peace in Romans chapter 6 means, or excuse me, in verse 6 means to set at one again, to set at one again. It means we must continually reconnect with God. It's not something we do once and we're done. Every day we make choices that either feed our flesh or they feed our spirit. You know, I don't know if many of you had the football games on over the last few weeks, but they were on in my house. <laughs> and as I was standing in the kitchen um, one, one day when one of the games was on, I heard one of the sportscasters quote Mike Leach. And this is what he said. It's something like this. I don't know if I got it 100% right. He said, when you face adversity, you have to have the discipline to do your jobs more times in a row than the other guy. And I started thinking about that. And I started thinking Am I feeding my flesh more or am I feeding my spirit more? Which one am I focused on? And I made a list. (laughs) And I'm not going to share it with you. (laughs) Um, But it's like like a scale, right? I mean, it's not something I'm going to use to beat myself over the head with. But it's like a scale of what what did I do today? Am, Am I truly worshiping God? Am I truly feeding my spirit to where I can have those spiritual gifts shining through me or not and so if I see that scale tipping one way or the other these are just things that we can do to focus in more on the spirit and on the the way that he feeds us so finding peace within is a matter of feeding the spirit more than we feed the flesh we're not naive we know we're not in your shoes We don't know the hell you're in right now, but we know the hell we went through. And if he'll do it for us, he'll do it for you too. Don't you ever think he won't? He will. He wants to. You may ask, well, how? Well, let me tell you. John 16, 24 says, Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. 
Ask and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. So ask. That's the first thing. Next, did you know that Jesus told his disciples that when he went away, he would send the Holy Spirit? It's right there in the, the scripture. Jesus said in John 16, 7, But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Guys, you have the Holy Spirit who can and will intercede on your behalf. Ask, beg, plead, get down on your knees. If it's not working, beg, humble yourself before the Lord. He wants joy for you. He wants he doesn't want harm to come your way he loves you let's pray father as we close today we we see that it's through you that peace can be achieved if we'll just ask and if there's somebody here today that is needing your touch will you reach out and touch them like only you can we love you we, we beg for that peace that we just heard about in Jesus name Amen